Jesus, you're the wind beneath my wings. Sweet Jesus, you're my melody and harmony. Sweet Jesus, you're the eyes that I see through. Sweet Jesus, yes, I'm dancing to your tune. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to see another man in the year 2021. We thank you for qualifying us for life. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for counting us worthy of your love, of your favor, and of your grace. We thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. And we thank you for calling us your children and granting us the ability to call you Father. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of Jesus, amen. We thank God for another opportunity and all too soon, we are the final episode of our first series in the year 2021, titled Six Prayers in the Year or for the Year 2021 where we just went through prayer topics that God wants us to constantly be praying in this year. And tonight we are looking at the final prayer topic that God wants us to constantly pray in the year 2021. Last week we talked about love when it's very important. And as I keep saying, the only way that these prayer topics would make sense to you or you would appreciate it very much is when you have really prayed the first prayer that God should take away every naughtiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Because generally speaking, we all think we love. Generally speaking, we all think we are kind. We all think we are generous. We all think we are sensitive. We all think we are considerate. But just take a look around you and look at the pain people are in and look at the hard times people are going through. It's just an indication that we are not loving. And what I find interesting about these things is that most of us, when we are told these things, we quickly put up the defense and we start to give out our track record of past loving acts that we have done. For example, you go to church and you are told that be a giver, then quickly you put up a defense. And my bestie, when he or she was celebrating a birthday, I sent this person a money, I sent this person a gift, I sent this person that to so media, I know I'm a giver, sweetheart, please. Please don't do that. <laughs> and so sometimes, if maybe you are, um, maybe later you have a boss or an employer, you consider um, a cheat or you consider insensitive. Just think about the person's family. The same person you are considering so insensitive, so rude, so arrogant. For all you know, towards his family, his wife and his kids, he may be the best daddy in the world. You know, sometimes because of these things, but people don't appreciate the need to really pay attention to the word of God and to work on themselves in this light. Because everybody will say that, do you know the way I love my friend? Do you know the way I love my wife? This same person can be loving in one aspect of his life, but in another aspect, he can be so unloving because I've been under people that I felt were really insensitive. But when you look at other people that they have worked with or other or some of their family members particularly they are the best see my father is the best daddy in the world <laughs> because i remember last week i told you about um someone who was doing a wonderful donation during covid era but yet still for the past 15 months he had not paid any of his workers and in fact for the past seven years 
he has not paid the tax and the silage of his workers. But yet, these guys, oh sorry, this man's children, the way they are so proud of their father, you have no idea. So sometimes people like this will not appreciate when we tell them that God wants you to work in love because they look at one aspect of their lives and they think that they are doing well. That is why constantly we need to pray that we need to lay aside all filthiness. Your roommates may think you are conceited, but your classmates may think otherwise. And I'm not saying that you should try and subject yourself to people's opinions, no. But I'm saying that you should bear fruit in every aspect of your life. Because if you remember when we were talking, we talked about the kinds of love. You have the love a mother or a parent naturally has for kids or a child. You have the love a friend shows for another friend. You have the love somebody shows to a guest. So you have all these types of love, but we are not talking about these ones. We are talking about agape. We are talking about that all-rounded, unconditional love. So it's not that I'm only loving to my family, but I'm unloving to my co-workers. I'm unloving to a certain group of people. We are talking about agape. So the Bible tells us in John 3:16 that for God so loved the world. God did not love the world of Jews. God did not love the world of Greeks. God did not love the world of Africans. He loved the world. Everybody inclusive. So, sweetheart, we know you love your family, but you can do more. We want you to love the world. So, this week, we are looking at our last prayer topic. And if you are a prayer person, you should assume what the last one can be. And of course, this is the almighty thanksgiving, the prayer of thanksgiving. And I just want to qualify it with sincere thanksgiving. There are so many scripture references for this one, but... Um, I, I don't even know which one to use, but maybe let's try. Let's just do to, to refresh our memory. That will be from obviously. Let's start with the common one, Philippians um, four, verse six to seven. It says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving." With thanksgiving, I just want to stop over there. Let's go to Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two. Once upon a time. One of my favorite verse, but I have dug it. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, from the verse 7 following, it says that rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the language of a believer. Thanksgiving is the diction of a believer. Thanksgiving is the local language, is the dialect, the mother tongue of the believer, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not that thing you say before you start asking God, nor is it that thing you say after you are done asking God your needs. So many of us have boxed thanksgiving into a religious aspect of our prayer life. Therefore, our thanksgiving are not sincere. But genuinely speaking, people just thank God because the scripture says in all things, give thanks to God. But many of us do not appreciate why in all things we should give thanks to God. So because of that, our thanksgiving are just a religious display of words rather than a genuine expression of our heart to God. And there are thousand and one reasons why you should constantly abound in thanksgiving. Thousand and one, literally. But the base of all these things, I think, is just having an understanding of who God is and Him choosing to have a kind of relationship with you is just enough. One day, I remember when I was in university, I came back from, I think, lectures. I think either lectures or a church meeting. I was so, so tired. So I just jumped on my bed, Charlie, trying to wait for sleep to carry me. 
Then there was this cockroach that was on my wall. I was crossing, crossing my my face. Now this cockroach passed on my wall. I saw it, but I just didn't have enough energy to get up and deal with the cockroach. I just let it go. And before I realized, ah, this cockroach was getting closer to me. So I kept staring at the cockroach. <laughs> And the next thing I realized, the cockroach had jumped on me. Before the cockroach could think twice, I had smashed this thing. <laughs> like the way I smashed this cockroach, it was just so funny. Then I forgot about the incident. Just recently, I was into one of my spiritual instructors, and he gave a similar scenario. That one day he was in his house, and I think I forgot him. Either there were rats or something, an insect, or those rats or rodents were disturbing him. And I think the wife was giving him pressure that Charlie, you say you deal with this mouse, the mouse are still roaming around. Please go and deal with it. And he just went to buy insecticide or whatever side and rodent side, <laughs> all the sides. And in one breath, he just sprayed the whole place and all the animals all the rodents or whatever was wearing the ink died. And as he was talking, God just reminded me of this instant that many of us, we really don't appreciate that this is how God can relate with us. In one breath, in fact, one breath is too much for us. In microsecond of a breath, God can clear the whole world and nobody can tell him anything. And you know, the funny thing is that after the time I was killing the cuckoo or after the time my spiritual instructor was spraying the rodents or whatever, the rodents in their mind could have felt offended or angry. Because the cockroach or the rodent thought that the room was for was for it. So that's where it comes to look for breadcrumbs or food crumbs all over the place. So the cockroach might be saying in its head that what gives this person the audacity to kill me? Because I'm in my I'm in my room. But the cockroach doesn't know that the room that you are coming to look for food for or for shelter is my room rather. And in the same way human beings we are. We have forgotten that we are creation. And that is the world we are in. We are. In fact, we have nothing, we played no part in it. We are in somebody's bedroom, but sometimes due to the naughtiness in our hearts, because the room owner has given us some leniency to be roaming around the room, we think we are the owner. But just with one spray, the owner can deal with us. But it's many of us, we don't really appreciate who God is. It's just an appreciation of who God is. And He willing to have a relationship with you it's more than enough reason for you to constantly flow in thanksgiving. It is spontaneous. It is not induced. Thanksgiving is not induced. It is not It is not coerced. You know, sometimes when you go to church, the press secretary, when he sees that the environment is not cool, he has to post scriptures and try and scare you with death. That you know you could have been dead. You know there are people in the hospital. Sometimes I, we do, we all do that because sometimes you know the atmosphere, you are in the mood to pray, but sometimes your congregation are not on the same frequency with you. So you have to find a way of drinking them. And what scares us more than death or sickness? That somebody just woke up and he could not move his leg, but you can move your leg. Then uh, then it can become more emotional when the person gives a testimony. Just last week, this person left the home and said bye-bye to the family. Little did he or she know that the bye-bye would be the last. And sometimes you just become all emotional. But Thanksgiving has, if your Thanksgiving to God has to be induced, it's a pure indication of a lack of understanding of who your father is. This understanding who this being is, and he wanting to have a relationship with you constantly. So just having an understanding of this thing, Thanksgiving will flow naturally from you. Well, it's like every time you take a step 
and you just have an appreciation that God is the one orchestrating the events of your life. This God cannot smash you with his slippers and that's the end of your life. But he has chosen to bless you that now you have the audacity to think that he owes you something. I hope you do it. It's for you to go read the whole book of Job. <laughs> the whole book of Job. It's a very interesting story. And God answered Job. And that's what I want us to quickly take a glance through. I won't really take us to the details of the story, but you all know the story. Chapter 1 and chapter 2, you know what happened. And you see, because we are reading the Bible, we are giving preview to background information. And you know what happened to Job. And in the beginning or the first few chapters, Job was still praising God. In fact, after the first calamity happened, the Bible said, I think Job, Job chapter 2 verse 25, that Job fell down and worshipped God. You know, then Satan went back again and said, hey, God, because you have not touched his skin, but skin for skin. Then he went back to torment Job. And at the beginning, Job was still full of hope. Job was quoting so many fantastic scriptures like, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. There is hope for a tree that at the scent of water, it was... So at the beginning, Job was full of hope and revelation. <laughs> but as time was going, Charlie, the vim was just going down. The rain was just going down because he was hoping that God would quickly come through for him. I don't know how long the situation he was in lasted for. But then if you just look at it, at the beginning, Job was full of hope and he was still saying that, oh God, I will still serve you. Then his friends came in. And you know, his friends, I like the view they came in. And it just gives us the view people come with. And generally, his friends were like, Job, you didn't see your body. Job, why do you think so highly of yourself? Because there is no way that our God would treat you unfairly if you have not done something bad. So this situation or the only instance where you can be going through these things is because you have sinned against God. And Job was still claiming that, no, I'm a righteous man. Because this guy was sacrificing for not only for him, but also his children. In fact, whenever his children go out, before he ends the day, he must kill a goat, he must sacrifice because like for all you know, these people have offended God in their actions. So Job was covering himself, himself and his family, because he knew that if maybe his one of his children played the buffoonery, it can affect him. So he was having all those things sorted out. So Job was confident in his righteousness. But his friends kept telling him that there is no way this just God would treat like this. It must have been because he did something. So that was the back and forth that was going. The friends were trying to convince Job that Job, you are not a righteous man. So cool down. That's why I said that that's the only way that you can be going through pain. And that's what sometimes happens to us, especially those of us in the African terrain. Immediately, you apply for a job, you apply for an opportunity once, twice, thrice, and you don't get to all come up with wonderful concoction that I saw an antelope holding your door. I saw a monkey holding your destiny. I said fantastic things. I don't want to go into that. But you see, just like the friends of two, we also have people like that. But sometimes, sweetheart, God will close certain doors in your life. For example, the story of Hannah. The Bible clearly stated that and God closed the womb of Hannah. There was a reason why God was closing the womb of Hannah. Because God wanted a prophet. But for a prophet to come out of Hannah, Hannah needed to prepare the atmosphere spiritually. And God knew that the only way she could get the attention of Hannah was by closing the womb. So that Hannah, through prayer, will bear forth one of the greatest prophets of Israel. In fact, the Bible said that Samuel's words never fell to the ground. But imagine Hannah had friends who were religious. 
they will come up with wonderful concoction that I see in the spirit that a monkey has sat on one of your ovaries and I see and I was in the third heavens the other day and I saw this one an antelope I said oh brother 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 behold if any man be in Christ you are a new creation I don't want to really go into that but you see we are quick to come up with so many philosophical religious sweet things and you can always get scripture to back up somebody will come and tell you like just like Daniel I see a prince of pressure holding your prayers oh, you, I don't want to go into that so then you know that's what happened the exchange of words between Job and his friends and even his wife his wife the, the least said the better but it was interesting I just noticed I'm not really sure but I think I noticed that after God restored Job he's, he was still with the same wife if you check God gave Job twice of everything he had except the wife as for the wife then God gave Job only one and it was the same woman who was saying foolish things the same woman that Job was with it's an interesting thing that you should look at if you look at I don't want to draw your mind to it so then the youngest among Job's friends decided to speak that's Elihu and I love the style of Elihu I think it's from Job uh, I think 37 or 36 and I like the way he introduced himself that oh I'm the least amongst you so I waited to speak the last and it was like I was thinking that because you people are ahead of me in age you'll be wiser than me but all these things you are saying none of them is correct so Elihu gave a very nice exposition he stated very deep truths about God about wisdom but that's not focus. Now the focus is when God decided to step in after Job had passed the test. And it's very interesting to note that when God decided to answer Job, never did God tell Job the reason why he was going through pain. The only thing God told Job was that, I think he puts it in this way that, who is he that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? That's how God decided to introduce himself. After everybody had spoken, God said, I'm now coming to speak. And he said, who is this talking foolish things about things that, about my counsel concerning Job's life or concerning what I want to do? And interestingly, the answer that God gave, it was just telling Job that, do you know who I am? That's the answer God gave him. Let's just look at some of the answers God gave. Let's go to Job. God, did he answer the question? Hmm, this is our God. He doesn't like answering questions. Many of you have not realized. But let's look at how God decided to give a response to Job. Job chapter 38, verse 1. We'll just take a few of the verses. It's a lot. Then the Lord answered out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? Get up now your lungs like a man, for I would demand of you and you would answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if you have understanding, who has laid the measures thereof, if you know, or who has stretched the line on it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fasting? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning starts sang, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of things. In fact, from the verse 38 to the verse 39 to the verse 40, I think even to the verse 41 or so, God was simply, in quote, bragging about himself. God was asking Job that, what gives you the audacity to question me? Where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I set in motion the galaxy, the Milky Way, the constellations? Where were you when I measured the curtains, when I measured the clouds? Where were you when I created the sun and the moon and the stars? Where were you when I made this magnificent thing called creation? In fact, the psalmist says that creation are but the fringes of his power. 
fringes is the 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 you see when you go and give a material to a tailor to sew for you sometimes there are threads that hang mostly at the edges of your garment that what they call the fringes the some is tell us this creation you see they are the threads of god's garment so that means <laughs> the creation that you have no they are just the threads of god's power but what was god telling you god was simply telling you that i'm not really going to answer your question about why you went through things but i'm not going to tell you that do you know who i am that's the issue but many of us because we don't know who our god is and you wanting to have a relation with you that is why we are taking the choices we are one of the moments that really transformed my life was about i think a year or two ago i think i woke up at the middle of the night and i couldn't sleep so i decided to watch something i decided to watch a, a sermon one of my spiritual instructors was just giving us a view about creation about earth about the various planets and as i was watching that document it was a sermon but it was giving us a bit of history not a history it was giving us a bit of description about the universe i just started to break down in tears because this earth i think if you just google it just have do a study on the universe and you realize how insignificant this world is in fact i believe most of us we know this thing that if you stand in space i'm not really sure about my dimensions and earth but the earth is like one grain of sand at the seashore in our galaxy so if you go to the beach please go to the beach before the year ends and go and swim small <laughs> when you go to the beach just take one grain of sand that one grain of sand that's how tiny our world is in our galaxy and our galaxy is one out of billions of galaxies i don't want to say a lot about creation and even with our magnificence of science science has discovered less than i think less than 5% or even no less than 4% what we know about the universe is 4% of the vastness of the universe so all the things that you, when you watch documentaries of the universe about outer space about the universe for example we all know that the sun is a star and this star called the sun is one of the tiniest stars you can ever get and just studying the universe alone would make you appreciate who this god is so if the whole earth is like one grain of sand in our galaxy look at your life how big is your life before god so sometimes god gets confused when we think that he is limited in ability because of a situation you are going through all that we know the vastness of creation that we man has come to discover is less than 4% of what actually it is the vastness of our god and see just having an appreciation so that's what god was telling job so he was telling him that where were you when i created this where were you when i created this do you know the dimensions of this do you know the dimensions of that let me let me see if i can just read a bit more for you i want to just use um the easy english so that you could have it a bit more clearer let me see if i can get a nice portion of um, some of the things God told Job. Let's go to the verse 14. Let's from the verse 7. Stand up and be brave. I will speak to you and you must answer me. That's God speaking to you. You think I am not fair to you and you think you are always right, but you are not as strong as I am and your voice is not as loud as mine. If you were like me, you could put on lovely clothes and you could show everyone how beautiful you are. show everyone how angry you can be people think that they are very clever they could show that they are not so clever and you could do that job if you were like me and when you find them you could kill bad people too that's just but bound to see so 
the verse 15. Look at the great animal. That's from the Job 40, verse 50. I'm using the easing. So look at the great animal. I made it and I made you. It eats only grass like a cow. But how strong its legs are and how powerful is its stomach. It's as straight as a tall tree. Its legs are thick and are strong. Its bones are strong as bones. And its back legs and front legs are strong as iron. I have not made anything bigger or greater than that great animal. And only I am stronger than that great animal. The wild animals may play in the grass on the side of the hill, but the great animal comes eat the grass next to it. Blah, blah. God was just talking about the magnificence of his creation. And he said that all these things around me are the fringes of my power. So God did not even address Job's issue. But God was just telling, if you only knew who I was, you would not speak so ignorantly. Now, I want to just go specifically, especially to we as Africans. But I was telling a friend that if you take a typical African <laughs> prayer topic, you can group it into two. One of them is God should give the person something, most often they are not financial. And the second thing is for protection, or God should kill my enemies, or God should destroy my ancestral witches, or God should break down altars. Now let's look at Isaiah 54. We know the verse 17, that no weapon that fashions against you shall not prosper. But most of us have not read it in context to really appreciate what the prophet was speaking. So Isaiah chapter 54, God is speaking. Okay, let's start from the verse 16. Look at what God is saying. Look, I'm using the easy English version. Look, I created the man who works with iron. He causes the coal to burn strongly. He makes arms that are good for their work in war. But it is I who have created the destroyer. That destroyer can destroy everything. Let me use the King James Version. You know, King James has a very poetic touch to it. So, verse 16, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 16, it says, Behold, I created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. And the verse it is what we know. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants, not even Samson, of the servants of the Lord, and the righteous is of me, says the Lord. Now, what is God saying? God is saying that, let's say, for example, a gun. God is saying that the person who manufactures the gun, when the person woke up, that today I'm going to my factory to go and make a gun, I, God, I saw the person. In fact, I, God, gave the person life to wake up. When the person she was talking about it in the terms of a cold slave, because those days they were using weapons of bronze and brass to fight war. So he said that when the smith was going to fashion a weapon for battle against you, when he was waking up, I saw him when he was waking up. In fact, I caused him to wake up. As he was walking to his workshop, I saw him. As he was manufacturing the spear, the sword, or whatever, I was there when he manufactured him. In fact, the human being over there, I created the human being. So how dare you think that a weapon that is fortunate against you will prosper? Because as the guy was manufacturing his plans against you, I was already aware of it. So the reason why many Africans are living in fear and constantly our prayers are binding demons and casting demons and I'm not saying don't pray for protection, but we pray for protection with a certain understanding. But because we lack this understanding, our prayers are motivated by the fear of death or by the fear of a curse or by the fear of a certain 
weapon that is fashioned against you. So you go for most of our all night meetings. We are either using spiritual guns, spiritual bazookas, spiritual things to I don't know where we got all these things from. But God is saying that when the person was waking up to fashion the weapon, I was there. In fact, I created this person. So no weapon that fashions against you shall prosper. So why then are you living in fear? So if you write out all the prayer topics you are praying, God wants to pray constantly in the year 2021. Nothing like the prayer of protection is part. I'm not saying like don't pray for protection. I'm saying that have the accurate understanding of who your father is. Then you are able to put the season of life you are going through into perspective. And that's all that God was telling you. That you are there accusing me saying fantastic things. But if you have an idea of who I am, so when God has finished telling Job his mind, then Job made a statement, I think in Job 31, that with the hearing of my ear, I have heard of thee, but now my eyes have seen you. He said, I have heard of you with the hearing of my ears, but now my eyes have seen you. I remember in an episode, I talked about the importance of seeing that spiritually speaking, it's only what you can see that you can receive. And I gave so many examples and the common one I gave was very, very, I say unto you, if you do not see the kingdom, you cannot enter it. And I explained it using the, the Greek parallelism. And I talked about, Jesus talking about the importance of the eye, that the eye is the life of the body. I explained all these things. So don't be saying that, first of all, I was just serving you because of what people were saying about you. I was just doing all the things I did because of hearsay information, because I go to church and they told me that God is the reason why I'm alive. If it was me for his message, I will not be consumed. So many of us, our thanksgiving to God is based on the things people have told us that, hey, do you know it's God that made you wake up? But many of us are not appreciating the fact that you live and move and have your being in God. So don't set this with the hearing of my ear. I have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. So the reason why many of us, our thanksgiving is not genuine is because we have not seen the Lord. You remember Moses? The Bible talks about Moses in Hebrews 11. And what influenced the way Moses was seeing him who was invisible. Let's look at that scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. I've quoted this scripture before, but talking about Moses, said, as seeing him who was invisible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured, or he went through that as seeing him who was invisible. How can you see an, an invisible person? King said that the way Moses was bold in taking some decisions, the only thing that could have motivated his boldness and his willingness to endure the wrath of the king, it was because he was living his life as though he saw the invisible one. And this is the reason why many of us, that thanksgiving are not sincere and they are not genuine and they are not spontaneous. is because we don't have a personal relation with Jesus. It's because we are only dealing with Jesus on what we have heard or we are only dealing with Jesus on what we have heard with our ears, but our eyes have not seen me. I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes have seen you. That is why a true appreciation of this God, nothing else can come out of your mouth except thanksgiving. So even if your brothers are hating you, you will be full of thanksgiving. Even if you are placed in the pit and you are stripped naked, you are still full of thanksgiving. Even though they sell you into slavery, they are still full of thanksgiving. Even though you had a dream of the sun and the moon and 11 stars bound you and you are now a slave, you will still be full of thanksgiving. 
we will do just when it seems as though things were getting better then you were blackmailed you were taken into prison in fact because of what joseph was alleged to have done he was not taken to an ordinary prison he was taken to where the hardened prisoners were because you can't go and attempt to rape your your boss's wife and you left two twins on barracks they took him to the ghetto part of prison yet even in prison the guy didn't complain and even when he interpreted the dream of the buckler and for two whole years the buckler forgot him he was still not better because i seen him who was invisible the reason why many of us cannot genuinely thank god and we are not able to put our seed in perspective is because we don't have a personal relation with god then is when the love of god will be shed abroad in your heart then is when you are able to see that god is working remember under the wilderness we said that the main criteria is that you should be able to see when god is working in your life so when doors are being closed when everybody's telling you no when your life seems to be moving about in circles and everywhere seems to be like a shut door you cannot be prepared you cannot be anxious but you are not overflow with thanksgiving because you have a genuine appreciation that your god your father is working behind the scenes and i remember i once quoted the scripture that counted for joy when you go to diverse trials or when you go to trials of many kinds said knowing this knowing this but the reason why many of us cannot genuinely sustain our joy is because we don't know something if you have an appreciation of who god is thanksgiving is spontaneous thanksgiving is not coerced and every day when you wake up you will know that it's a privilege to live genuinely when you know that you can call god father it just blows your mind and all you can do is to abound in thanksgiving so even Paul when he was writing the letter to the Philippians the Philippian church and he was like in all things give thanks to God you know where Paul was Paul was in prison uh, and you see if you have the time go and google the prisons those people were living in they were in dungeons underground they were you know and it is believed that Paul had an eye problem so if you read Galatians he, he made mention that people you love me so much that you are even willing to give me your eye and the reason why some theologians believe he made that statement because he had a problem with his eye and the reason being was that because he was always frequenting prison where they were put in prison was that dungeon there was no light over there you remember even in Acts chapter 16 when him and Silas were in prison God, you know that the Bible said and then the, the person who was guarding the prison came with a torchlight or came with a flame of fire because the place was full of darkness so what happened was that anytime Paul was sent to prison he was like the darkness over there was massive and his eyes began to acclimatize to the darkness then before I realized they bring him out and the light that his that his eyes received when he got out of prison to so lose half the theory that because he's frequenting spending long periods in darkness and he's coming in the light darkness coming in the light it affected his eye but even in such situations Paul could genuinely say that in all things give thanks to God because he has seen something and if you look at Paul in Acts chapter 19 when he was making his defense to Agrippa he was like oh king Agrippa i wish you were like me except for my chains hmm. look at the situation where Paul is so he said that the way my life is is perfect the only thing that is uncomfortable that i am being handcuffed but being persecuted is the normal thing for a believer so he told the king that i don't wish to be like you as a king but i wish you were rather like me except for my chains because he had a genuine appreciation of who god is anybody who genuinely knows this your mouth will overflow with thanksgiving and thanksgiving is the way we receive 
genuine thanksgiving, sincere thanksgiving is the way we receive answers to prayer. Because, for example, salvation is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift, meaning that you do not work for it, you do not earn it, but you only do what you receive. So if it's your birthday and somebody gives you a gift, you didn't ask the person for a gift, but the person just calls you that, oh, hello, hi, it's your birthday, let me give you this shirt. How do you receive or what do you do with a gift? You receive the gift. And the evidence of you receiving a gift from someone is by saying thank you for the birthday gift. So the evidence that you have received answers to prayer is by genuine thanksgiving. You know, some of us try to use thanksgiving to blackmail God. Like we want to thank God and so that God will see that I that guy and he believes, but you can't be deceived. You can't deceive God. God sees your heart. So you can't say, I'm going to thank, I'm going to thank God for that, that you convince God. No. The way we receive or how do we get answers to prayer is by receiving. So he that acts shall receive. But many of us, we don't know how to receive. We receive by thanksgiving. That's why in Philemon 1 verse 6, it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. Paul is saying that this faith we are communicating, this faith we are declaring, this faith we are making more, how does it become effective? How does it become effective in our lives? Is by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And how do we acknowledge you have something? Is by thanking God for it. Thanksgiving, genuine thanksgiving. It's spontaneous. So every day you wake up, and you really understand that if it's not for the mercies of God, if it's not for the love of God, you have no business in life. But you have no business working about in life. Genuine thanksgiving is the last prayer topic. God wants you to pray in the year 2021. So you want to just spend some time. You want to turn God. I really encourage you that spend at least 30 minutes after listening to this podcast, if possible, to just turn God. We want to just spend some time together. We want to thank God. We want to thank God. The Bible says by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And by acknowledging, you make your faith effective. By acknowledging, you are able to receive of the gifts of God. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the death the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that you died our death, that we may live your life. We thank you for your love, your reckless love. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for not failing us. We thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for accepting us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for making us your righteousness. We thank you that the limes are falling onto us in pleasant places. We thank you that, yay, we have a goodly heritage. We thank you for making us the salt of the earth. We thank you for making us the light of the world. We thank you for making us the seat that has been set upon a hill. We cannot be hidden. We thank you for making us kings and priests unto thee. We thank you for your generosity, Lord. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for loving us, Lord. We thank you that you always keep demonstrating your love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Lord, you came to die for us. We thank you, Lord, that we can call you Father. We thank you for the gift of access. 
We thank you that we can approach you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that for weapon that fashions against us shall prosper. We thank you that no tongue that has ever risen against us would prosper. We thank you that this is our heritage as children of God. For what manner of love is this that you have bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. We thank you that we are called your children. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this word which is a light, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that you are our shepherd. We thank you that we lack nothing good in this life. We thank you that we can never be disadvantaged in this life. We thank you that you lead us in the path of righteousness. We thank you, the Father, your rod and your staff comfort us. We thank you for organizing the events of our life. We thank you for influencing our lives. We thank you for directing our lives. We thank you for ordering our steps. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for delivering us from accidents. We thank you for delivering us from the pandemic. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for strength. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for delivering us from unfortunate circumstances. We thank you for delivering us from unfortunate incidences. We thank you for delivering us from being added up to the numbers. We thank you for delivering us from mishappenings, from accidents, in the name of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you that through this name, we have access to the riches that you have made available for us. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that we never go to bed hungry. We thank you that we have decent places to sleep. We thank you that even the lions go hungry and the young ones lack, but we have never lacked, Lord. We thank you that we are able to eat a three square meal a day. We thank you for giving us each day our daily bread. We thank you for your will being done in our lives. We thank you for a broken and a contrite heart. We thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding into all things. We thank you that you have not given unto us the spirit again to fear, but you have given us the spirit of love of power and of a sound mind. We thank you that we are delivered from taking foolish decisions. We thank you that we are delivered from taking myopic decisions. We thank you that your spirit influences us. We thank you that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of deed given in counsel. We thank you, Lord, that your will is being done in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is being established in our lives. Your influence being in our life. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you for the grace to wait upon thee. We thank you for the grace to spend time with thee. We thank you that your love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for giving us the power to become sons of God. We thank you for closed doors. We thank you for closed wombs. We thank you for those who said no to us. We thank you for those who said yes to us. We thank you for the doors that you had to close. We thank you for the doors you had to open. We thank you for the good and the bad. We thank you that you are able to make all these things work together for our good. We thank you that we have a hope of the resurrection. We thank you, Father, Father, our mouths are full with thanksgiving. Father, may we never grow weary in thanking you. May we abide 
how the intense giving may we offer unto you daily the sacrifice of our praise unto you for the lord is good and his mercies endureth for our lord is a man of war the lord is his name and this lord is our father we thank you for giving us jesus we thank you for so loving us that you gave us your one and only begotten son we thank you for wisdom to make right choices we thank you that in the year 2021 we are doing the work of him who has sent us while it is day because we know the night season of our life is coming we thank you that we can have faith in you we thank you for your word of salvation that was preached to us we thank you for everything we thank you for laughter we thank you that we can smile we thank you for joy. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for anointing our heads. We thank you that our cup runneth over. We thank you that surely goodness and mercy that pursues all the days of our life. We thank you that we are the head and not the tail. We thank you that we are moving forward. We thank you that you have set our feet on high. We thank you that you are promoting us. We thank you that you are pushing us. We thank you that you are our Father. We thank you for so many things that you keep doing for us. And we pray that Father, may we continually abound in thanksgiving to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweetheart, there's so much to thank God. So, so much to thank God. And when you can give God genuine thanksgiving, then you have opened up yourself for a daily dose of the miracles. Trust me, if everything you can give God genuine thanksgiving, then your life will experience the miracles. Remember to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe anybody in this year 2021 is see you next week bye bye